What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fitness Oracle. Um, today, we sit down with uh, Sami Warayat, uh, who started his podcast in order to help spread his positivity and actionable tips uh, to get a closer to get closer to achieving success in five major categories, uh, which is uh, he as he defines as happiness career and purpose, money, physical, mental health, and relationships. Uh, we get into a lot of great topics uh, with this episode where we talk about, uh, where we dig deep into uh, the vanity and the physical appearance, um, exercise and, and uh, its effect on mental health, uh, mental health, health tricks to help you stay grounded, um, effects of others, effects of, sorry, excuse me, effects of helping others and building strong habits for hard times. This is a really great episode. We get into a lot of really interesting topics. He's a millennial that helps other millennials achieve great things in their lives and helps others and uh, helps them understand that helping others will help them as well. So I really hope you enjoyed this show and um, I'll see you guys on the flip side. Welcome to the Fitness Oracle, where we have real conversations with real people just like you, with real stories just like yours, and this is one of their stories. I am your host, John Kutsavos. My guest today is Sami Warayat. Warayat. Did I say that correctly? You did. Okay, good. I hate pronouncing people's last names wrong. It drives me nuts. It's all from, good. From Successful Millennials Podcast. Sammy is an avid learner, learning enthusiast who loves reading, hiking, sports, and traveling. He was raised in Atlanta, Georgia, and is current and currently living around wherever the world takes him. His focus is on financial freedom, which has been his, which has been crucial to his outlook on life. He started his, this podcast in order to help spread positivity and actionable tips to get closer to achieving success in five major categories, happiness, career purpose, money, physical, mental health, relationships, which include intimate, familial, and social. Sammy, welcome to the show. Thanks, John. Appreciate you having me. So how's your new book coming along? <laughs> it's going well i'm trying to start it and and go go forward with it but really just been reading more and trying to figure out how to develop a message from a written perspective i think there's public speaking that i've been doing and and that type of conversational tone but written aspect is something that's extremely different in terms of the identifying the the emotions that you want your reader to have so it's kind of going back and forth, but we'll get there eventually. Awesome. Awesome. You got to let me know when that book comes out. Cause I want to read it. Um, I love reading. Too. It. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you focus quite a bit on finances and how did you have, how have you found the educational system when you were in school 
when they were, were talking about finances because I found it terrible. Yeah, non-existent, terrible. Those are almost synonymous in this case. And we didn't even cover it at all. And and it goes back and forth. Like, would would a high schooler even be able to comprehend things like that? Like balancing a checkbook and all that stuff that really doesn't isn't even used today because we're not really making quote unquote real money in high school, at least not most of us. But the principles of how to live below your means and live with a purpose and intentionality with your money, I think can be taught in the educational system in high school, but definitely in college for those who go. And it just, it wasn't there, unfortunately. And that's kind of what drew me into it. And my parents were immigrants who didn't really learn. They had to learn on their feet and they had their struggles. So I tried to learn from their mistakes as well to kind of set myself up to be able to take risks, to be able to live wherever I want to live and do what I want to do, because otherwise you're, you're chaining what you can do based on the money. Right. And that's kind of why I focus mostly on finances because otherwise you're sacrificing, for example, the job you want to work at or job you don't like, but you have to, because it pays the bills or the relationship you're in because you're codependent on, you know, your significant other's salary. And, you know, the, the place you want to live, like if you want to live in California, but Oh, it's too expensive. Like these things are monetary restrictions that affect other areas of your life, whether that be your overall happiness or your, your relationships or whatever. So, so I, that's why I think money focus is extremely important to button down as early as possible. That's awesome. Did you find that there's some kind of generational gap between uh, your parents and yourself when it came to their concept of money? That's a great question. Yeah, I definitely do. I think they were more, open to working a job they didn't like because they eschewed their like response like not necessarily the responsibilities but their passions because of their responsibilities so like okay i don't i maybe don't like this job but i have a wife and kids and it doesn't matter what i do i just i need to put food on the table for them so they were very big on that where i think our generation the millennials are less inclined to do that they would rather push out having a family and pushing out those responsibilities so that they can work in something they love doing. And I think that's the right idea because you look at the older generation and they just don't like their job. They imagine like going 10, 11 hours a day with work and commute and something that you don't like just to come home. And that's going to affect your mental health eventually, right? It's going to affect your relationship, the way you treat your, your wife and your kids and, or your, or your husband and your kids. And, it's just not something that you want to do. And I think our generation has been really good at that. Uh, but unfortunately, they have had some of us have had a nihilistic approach towards money and why is it even important and that area, which is a little negative. But yeah, um, when it comes to like conversations with uh, like, like my parents, I'm in the same boat as you. My parents were both immigrants to Canada and I find it hard talking to them about the concept of you know what you just said so how would you speak to that generation i think it's it's similar to what i tell every client i have is why do you want to earn money right behind besides the basic needs which is depending on the area you live roughly 60 70,000 annual salary for a single person is good enough in america to get by right anything above that is 
is your determining factor. Why do you want to do, why do you want to have extra money? Is it because you want to travel more? Is it because you want to help other people? Is it because you want to buy expensive things? Is it narrowing down what that is, is important to figure out what drives you to do it. And then that's where you would figure out, okay, I don't really need this. And I impulsively buy a bunch of things that I don't enjoy and I don't use my money. And then I'm upset because I'm working in, a, in something I don't like to earn money that I'm not even using for things that I like. So it's like a double negative. And so I really focusing on why you want to earn every dollar helps you not only one, save more money to spend it on those things, but two, earn more money so that you can spend it on those things you love doing. So it's kind of reciprocal in that nature. If you figure out your intentionality of why. That's, that's awesome. I love that. I love fig trying to figure out your why I, I base everything in my life is why am I doing this? Um, switching gears a little bit from the finances to, sure. um, to you, uh, you were a personal trainer at one point. No, I just, I love working out. Oh, you love working out. Okay. <laughs> I, hey, that's a good excuse to get into personal training industry. Yeah. You, you love to do it. You love to work out and you help other people. Um, there's a lot of vanity that comes in with physical, uh, physical appearance. Mm -hmm. uh, do you see that as a negative thing for humans? No. And I, I could share a story of why I started working out. Um, so I was always like the athletic skinny kid, whether it be soccer, basketball, those are kind of the sports I played growing up, uh, growing up and even running. So like anything that was pretty much a skinny kid can excel at, that would be perfect. Um, and then when I graduated college, I hurt my shoulder playing football and I wasn't able to work out. I wasn't able to play basketball or anything. And then uh, you know, you start sitting in a corporate lifestyle that's more sedentary versus the college lifestyle that you're all running around. Plus, you only have one lunch meal. And I would always make that a buffet because I was living on, you know, college level mindset, quantity over quality. So that I gained a lot of weight, essentially. I gained like maybe 30, 40 pounds. And then on my 21st birthday, I was like, yeah, I don't I don't want to do this. I want to I want to go to Vegas in August. So that would be like a five, six month timeline. And I want to be in the best shape ever. So it was extremely vanity purposes only. Like I had my birthday in March and August was Vegas. So that five months, I was like, I'm going to get in the best shape of my life. So I was never huge on working out until then. And I started, I started working out. I started liking the amount of, you know, weight that you could start moving and then I started eating a little bit cleaner and then I would plateau, start eating a little bit cleaner, started throwing in cardio and just continuously, consistently working out no matter what for the goal of Vegas. And that was literally it. And when I got back from Vegas, I was like, you know what? I might as well just keep going because now it's, I'm actually really enjoying the way that my body looks and the way that I feel, which is even more important, I think. And that's the key crux is even though it may have started for vanity now, the way you feel about your body, it gives you that self-confidence, you know, and even Deion Sanders has said this, you know, look good, feel good, feel good, play good. Right. It's, it's that type of mindset that makes you now feel more comfortable and confident. And then I just, that's been years now, five, six years. And I've never like, I've only missed working out when they shut down everything for COVID. That's the only time I would ever miss a consistent week at the gym. That's awesome. Um, so you know how, how much time is involved when it comes to, you know, transforming your body like that. Mm 
Um, as a personal trainer, I get it all the time saying, like, oh, I don't want to look like a bodybuilder. <laughs> what would you say to somebody like that? Because I have my answer, but what would you say? It's like, now that you know that, because you did that transition from one mm-hmm. to the other in five, six months, what would you say to somebody like that? Oh yeah. You're not going to be a bodybuilder in, in any short period of time. Like th- there's so many different ways to train your body. You're not going to accidentally wake up one day and be as big as Phil Heath or Arnold or any of the main guys, right? Like this is not going to happen. <laughs> it is not an accident. It's not a coincidence. It's intentional. And there's so many different ways you can sculpt your body based on the way you work out, based on the way you eat and the way you rest. So if you don't want to be a bodybuilder, then don't train like a bodybuilder. Train like any other person who wants to be something else. So whether it be, you know, physique, whether that be, you know, straight power lifting. It could be a bunch of different things, but you could just tone up if you want. And that's like, you're not going to become huge as a bodybuilder other than if that's why you want to work out. So uh, I guess that's my answer. That's why I laughed as soon as you asked the question. Cause I get it a lot too. Like, especially like, unfortunately women, I feel like have that as soon as if they feel like they train arms or anything one day, they're going to have like man arms. That's just, it's not going to happen. Like it's a very long cycle to build muscle. That's part of the grind. And part of why you love it is because if it was instant, then you wouldn't appreciate it. You would just regress very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And the amount of, the amount of food you have to consume, the amount of supplementation that you have to do, it's just, it's just, you don't have the amount of time in the day. If you've got a nine to five job, a family to do that. I mean, there are people, there are exceptions to that rule, but they're very few. Yeah, they're not going to be world level because like Jay Cutler, even he has a like I've, I've seen videos of him, his rice cooker is on 24 seven making rice and he eats every two hours. And it's just you're not going to do that by accident. Yeah. I'm with you there. Um, another thing that I actually see um, in the gym are especially with. I'm, I don't want to put labels on it, but the stay at home moms they look at these bigger guys in the gym and they're like posing in front of the, mm-hmm. in front of the mirror. And they're looking at, they're looking at their growth and uh, they seem the, you see these intimidated people in a gym and a big part of people not going to the gym is because mm-hmm. of this, this, this misconceived intimidation that yep. is going on with other people. Right. What would you say to somebody who's like, who, like who has that misconception because you and I both know what the gym mean mm-hmm. means to us. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's a sacred place. Yep. Uh, honestly, those, those people like the massive, huge guys and, and even the ladies that are like really, really strong. They're the nicest people because they've been there the longest. The, the person that you would be more quote unquote intimidated by of judging is going to be the person who just started and thinks they're like hot shit for lack of a better word. The people who have been there for years are a very supportive community because it's you against the weights and that's it. Like, doesn't matter if you had a good day, bad day at work, you had a great relationship. You, you just broke up with your girl or your, or your man. And it doesn't matter any of that. The weight is the weight and you're going to have to push it. And if you can, you can, if you can't, the weight wins that day. And, and, Everybody who has been to the gym consistently knows that. And if like you see somebody struggling, they'll, they'll want to help. And um, I would, my suggestion would be just, just ask them 
a question on your on your form or ask them a question to invite that if you feel like intimidated and they'll you'll see how nice they are to help out and that'll kind of ease your your conceptions of them because like that they're it, they're really nice people <laughs> and uh, the risk of sounding extremely jockey but like that, that's the people you want to be around and they'll be very supportive it's interesting it's interesting I, I brought this up for a purpose because it's not just in the gym that this is important because this is also important in the finance and if the the financial side to it like the people who are most successful are the ones that are trying to help mm-hmm. the most have you noticed that Oh, yeah, 100%. At any time you have somebody who's quote unquote ahead of you, a few steps ahead of you on either a corporate ladder or, you know, either their financial journey or their, their physical health journey via the gym, those type of people want to bring other people up along with them because they want to see other people see the benefits that they've been receiving from whether it be the confidence of being physically fit, whether it be the confidence of being financially free or, you know, having the ability to lead others and help them grow and see their side of things. So, I think it's sometimes the people that we're quote unquote most scared of or intimidated by are, are the people that we actually should be seeking out for just conversation and advice. Yeah, absolutely. Um, again, you and I both know how important exercise is, especially when it comes to mental health. It is crucial. It's 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 probably the most important aspect to a proper mental health. What was your journey? with exercise when it came to uh, getting into a proper mindset? So growing up childhood was a little rough. And even now when there's bad days, it used to be I would go outside and just shoot hoops and basketball hoop outside in the, in the neighborhood or we had a hoop in our backyard. And that was really big just to clear out, like not listen to music, not even play a game, just like shooting around and kind of de-stress. And so, like you mentioned, like, I think everybody who, who listens to this podcast will resonate as well is working out helps not only physically, but mentally is because you're just, you're letting that out and, and you're de-stressing, decompressing. And now like uh, working out every day is, is kind of been that basketball is still probably up there in terms of the most important thing to de-stress, but working out has been just as beneficial to release those, I get the stress hormones or whatever you want to actually call it. But it, it, the journey that I had was mostly just figuring out why I was, I was struggling mentally in any different area, whether it be like my career was not going the way I wanted it to. I didn't see eye to eye with leadership. I wasn't doing the things that I wanted to do. I know that there's one thing that I can do that would make it okay. And that was going to the gym and just having a good lift and having a good day would reset the whole day and I'll be fine after that. So it's definitely a way to, to decompress. I know a lot of people work out in the morning so that they can run, use that high the whole day. Uh, I personally, I'm not able to do that. I'm not, I'm not strong enough in the morning. So like for me, it was, it was my afternoon workouts that would de-stress the entire day's, you know, stress of work. And then I'd be good to go at night. And the last few hours of the day were awesome. That's yeah. Yeah. Um, what are some of the things that you do? Like, well, what's, um, I'll probably ask you this question again. So what what's, what's a couple suggestions that you have to improve this? Because there's a lot of people out there right today, especially here in Toronto that can't get to the gym. Yeah. 
Yeah, you, Canada's had it really rough. So I, I definitely feel bad. And when I when it shut down in well in Atlanta, luckily it only shut down for a month and a half <laughs> for COVID. That was a very tough month. And I had to go, I wasn't driving because they took the rims out of basketball parks. Like they just they took the rims down so you couldn't play basketball. Obviously, gyms were closed. So I started driving around and there was this church that had a portable basketball hoop. And I would just go there and shoot around every day, kind of hearkening back to the days when I was a kid. And you have to find something like to do that or, or just run in a park and get some sort of sweat in. I know there's home videos, but I'm sure people are sick of being at home. So getting out in the sun is important. And before I found that hoop outside on that church, I was running and I hate running, but just getting out there and getting in the sun, getting some sort of sweat is is a hundred times better than than sitting at home all day every day so i would i would say if you can find some sort of sport that would be great if not hiking trails are awesome if not just run outside and not in your neighborhood go somewhere a little bit farther ideally in an area of sun i know canada winters are probably not the place for that but <laughs> some sort of idea where you get a sweat in and and it actually feels really good when you're when you're running in cold weather um, that's another thing like I, I've, I've noticed. Oh, I personally hate the cold. So <laughs> live my entire life here. I hate the cold. I, was, I don't know how you do it, man. <laughs> I, I keep I keep joking that I was born in the wrong country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say move to someplace else in Canada, but it doesn't really help the problem. <laughs> no, 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 it doesn't. Um, one of the biggest things that people have uh, have been kind of I would say like forced to but not really it's kind of weird because I, I've I've noticed people are finding different ways of grounding themselves mm. right um how important is it for you for people to stay grounded because I, I'm noticing a lot of people doing yoga more and this and mindset stuff and but it just seems like people like me for example, like I'll do something and then I'll wean off of it. Mm -hmm. Right. So for you, how important do you think it is to, to stay in that grounding grounded, you know, environment that you created for yourself? Yeah. And I'm the same way, John, like I, I try to, to meditate um, and then I'll do it for a while. And sometimes I won't, and I'll pull back and, you know, I don't have a great consistency of my mental wellness routine as well as the gym routine that i've built i know it affects it positively but what i used to do and what i do you know sporadically at this time is in the morning as soon as i wake up i'll sit outside on my porch and look at the trees for about 10 minutes without my phone with nothing and just like look at the trees let my mind wander kind of like you said ground yourself and let your mind wander. And we don't do that enough in today's information age because, you know, social media, news, Twitter, everything is like instantaneous. So you can't, you can't even like not think about anything. It's always something is going to be there to grab your attention. So doing that in the first 10 minutes of the day is awesome. And on days where I wake up early enough to do that. And before, you know, the day takes you, I'll do that. And days where it doesn't, what I used to do is do the same thing while I'm driving home or when I'm driving to an errand or something. I just won't I normally listen to podcasts. And then if I need to have a wellness, you know, routine that day, 
I will not listen to anything. And just again, let my mind wander while driving. Um, it works better for whatever reason at night, uh, maybe because there's less cars and traffic, but when you're just cruising and you're letting your mind wander while, while driving, you're kind of allowing yourself to your mind to wander and ground yourself. So those two things I'll do uh, not every day because I just, you know, there's days where you miss it, but I try to do that very constantly in order to ground myself mentally and let, let it really just be like an information dump is the big thing just to clear your mind. Cause there's so much things going on and you just have to, you have to give, take a step back at times. Do you find that you get, you're able to focus a lot more when you're in that, when you do that routine? Yeah. Afterwards, inevitably your mind will wander into something work related and <laughs> just how we're wired and wherever it goes, it goes. But sometimes it's something like a business idea. Sometimes it's something that, you know, Oh, I should, I should have texted this person and like, well, I haven't seen them in a while. Let me try to extend this relationship. It should be like, okay, I want to change my goal from this to this, you know, and it, you allow your mind to explore things that you would never thought of. So I, I think that's really good. And I do find that if I'm doing it, like if it's a longer car ride, those are the times where like, okay, I start hitting a, a real rhythm and I'll come up with ideas. Whereas the, the morning 10 minute meditation is more just to put myself in a good mindset to crush the day. No, I I'm totally agrees with you with, uh, with the driving part. Like I love long drives, mm -hmm. not so much here in, here in Ontario. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty flat here, but when I was uh, in Greece, just driving through the mountains and it's just, Yeah. even though driving through the mountains in greece is not a something that i recommend for everybody to do but it was <laughs> if you let your mind wander a little bit too much you might go fly off the mountain exactly not a, not a happy time <laughs> so what's the what got you into like uh getting into that whole mindset uh mindset grounding technique what was that about? How did you get into it? I think it was due to that role that I was in a couple of years ago where it wasn't good for my mental health and there was just leadership issues and uh, I was trying to grow and it wasn't seemingly happening. Senior leadership didn't like that approach and there was just, you know, back and forth with that. And I had gotten introduced into podcasts about a year before that. And I was listening to more like either finances or, you know, what do I want to do in my life type podcasts. And then I was like, let me figure out how to work on me. So I started listening to some guys like, you know, Jay Shetty and the, and the like. And then I started just applying it on the way back on the commutes because I felt like I needed it. Like on, on those days where I would have like a bad day at work and I wouldn't feel motivated. I almost didn't even want to go to the gym. And I knew I was like, well, I have to go to the gym. Like, I know that, but I didn't enjoy it for that period of time. And I was like, I don't want to force myself to go to the gym because nobody wants, you're not going to be as effective. So I had to really, that really forced me to work on my mental health, to put myself in a position where, okay, why am I going to the gym? What's the reason? Why do I like it? Kind of re-answer those questions, re-get, re-get either grounded or motivated, whatever you want to use. And then get more effective in the gym again, which then helped your mental health. And it just became a cycle that really uplifted me out of that spot because I'm not going to say it's like depression or anything, but it, it was rough where you, when you identify yourself with the role that you're in and that role kind of doesn't, isn't what you imagined it to be. You take that personally and you shouldn't do that. Um, you should be more than just the single role you're at. 
It's so true. And uh, we've been dancing around this question that is popping into my head. And it comes to change. And um, change is probably one of the scariest things that a human being can do because it takes them out of a state of comfort to unknown, which is uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. How do you help somebody to guide them into the change? That's that's a really tough question, but it's the one that I think needs to be answered and everybody has different ways to do it. For, for me, it was always taking a step back and looking at the current situation that I'm afraid to leave, right? And, and I'll take the, the example of the role that I was in, right? Like I thought I was in a good role in my age range. I was making great money and it, in paper, it was great, but I knew I needed to find something else for my mental health. And that's kind of why the five categories came into play because I knew it wasn't just the money in the career. It was other things that were also really important, such as mental health. Um, and so I looked at it and I was like, if I were to, if I were to continue in this role, I would inevitably lose the motivation for the gym. And I would inevitably spiral down my mental health. And that would directly impact my happiness. Versus if I leave, I may or may not love what I'm doing. But I will inevitably find the role where it could be better. And it could be the same. That's the other thing I think what makes us fearful of change is what if I leave and it's a brand new company or brand new role or brand new, whatever you're changing. And it's exactly like it originally was. Okay. That's the worst case scenario though, right? That's, that's my response is it can't get worse than what you're currently in. It can at, at the worst thing, it'll be the same as where you're currently at, but there's an off chance. It could be better. And that's what you have to focus on because if there's, if there's a chance of it being the same, but there's a chance of it getting better, there's no, there's no real risk. Now, if there's a chance it can go a thousand times worse, then yeah, sure. But the chances of that happening are very little if you're already in a position where you need to make a change, whether it be in a poor relationship that people hang on for too long because they're afraid you know, they can't find somebody else that could be better single is better than a, than a toxic relationship, right? Um, a job that pays the exact same, but you, you have better mental health is better than a job that has poor mental health of impacts on you. So, so I think focusing on the fact that the worst case scenario is that it'll be the same as you're currently in really helps you remove the, the risk factor and just focus on the potential reward. Oh, it's great. Um, like I said, like, I think last almost two years now people have been slapped in the face with change and we've seen an increase in mental health deterioration because of it because nobody was ready for it so it's oh yeah yeah um the one thing that i actually uh noticed was um you know you you put in one of the one of the answers that i asked that i asked all my guests before this is uh to you know you want to the effects of helping others and this is this is this is imperative but do you find it more important to help yourself first before you can help someone else 100 percent. i don't think 
you can help people as effectively if you're not a subject matter expert or a growing expert in the area, or you've helped yourself in that area, for example. Like, I can't be a successful financial coach if I only know the theory behind finances. You can't be a great personal trainer if you've never worked out before or you've never done any martial arts. Like, you have to know how the impacts of it, not just the technical form of how to work out, for example, but the impact it does on your mental health, the, the discipline it, it takes to continuously work out, what it'll do for you personally. And that's what you're trying to coach people is those impacts and those, those benefits so that they can, they can actually do the task at hand, which in this case is working out or being a personal trainer. So I, I definitely think you have to help yourself first and figure out how to go through those trials and tribulations so that you can coach other people how they're going to inevitably go through the same things that you went through. Sidestepping a little bit. Um, sure. You said something that's quite, kind of interesting and I want to get a little bit more feedback on it. Discipline. Um, discipline can have a very um, eater-totter kind of effect on people's brains. Like some, some people are like, oh, you're disciplined. You're going to be great. And other people like discipline. Oh, that means I'm tied down to just do this and no matter what I have to do. Um, and it comes down to like, especially when it comes to the gym, people that are quote unquote disciplined and go to the gym three to six days a week and you know, 90, 90 minutes, 90 minute workouts and this and that. There's a lot of times, especially like this is coming from a personal trainer where I don't want to go to the gym because mm. I want to watch another episode of Star Wars. All my nephews are over and they want to play video games. Oh, I want to go do this. Oh, I'd rather be on the beach. I, oh, I'd rather be out with my boys having a, having a couple of drinks. What are some of the tools that you would help somebody to overcome, you know, the squirrel brain when it mm -hmm. comes to like, I can do this more, which will give me pleasure rather than go to the gym or focus on my finances. Yeah. When I can go and spend my finances and have fun. Right. What are some of the tools that you would use? So uh, I'll take it two different ways because I think there are different tricks for gym versus finances, but they're kind of related. It, in the gym, what I used to do was no matter what, have gym clothes in my trunk so that after work, I would go directly there. And this is back, obviously, when I used to work in corporate and it would be in office, but you going there and I know it's going to be packed and I know you're going to have to fight for machines. But I also know that if I go home, I'm not coming back. Like I'm not leaving the house again. My day's over. So that was the, the main disciplinary trick that I used. And I just no matter what would go there. Like there was never a time where I didn't have clothes. I had an entire gym bag with like 50 pairs of clothes all in the trunk. So like, I'm always going to have clothes. That's not an excuse. And then I'm already going to be outside of the house. So that's not an excuse. And so you're limiting out the excuses that you are inevitably going to have when you have a rough day. And even if I have to work late till seven or eight or whatever, I'm still going to go because I have to go before I get home. That's the only rule that I had. So that was really big, um, but also like limiting the questions of your squirrel brain, like, do I need to go to the gym? Yes, is going to be the answer. Do I want to go to the gym is another question that may be yes or no. 
And then it could be like, I could do this. I could do that instead. All those questions are going to distract you from the main question is, do I need to go to the gym today? And if that answer is yes, because you haven't hit your three to six times, however, however much you've already set yourself to go, then that's it. Don't ask any more questions. Just go and just refuse to ask any questions about yourself because it's going to force you to, it's going to force you to not go really. It's going to make you question things of where you want to go or not. But if you just stop at that first, yes. And be like, I need to go to the gym today. All right, let's just go. And that really helps me. It's, it's a simplistic, maybe a trick, but it, it works because you're not inviting the ability to detract yourself. Um, in finances, it's a little different where, you know, the delayed gratification because finances is a longer term game to set yourself up. And I think what I would focus on is what I want to do with my money. And if it's, you know, going out with drinks and I like that, that's fine. For me, it's traveling. Um, for some people, it's things, you know, I'm more of an experienced person. So, but everybody gets impulse decisions on things that they want to just do because of the moment. And I, I sit back and I ask myself, is going out tonight, for example, and spending $200 better used than $200, which is a couple nights of a hotel, for example. And for me, that answer is always going to be the hotel in a random city. Like, so I always ask myself that question, is this decision that I'm going to buy more important than traveling to the next place that's on my list? And 99.9% .9 of the time, the answer is traveling is more important. And that's it. I don't ask any more questions again. I just like, then I'm not going to buy it. And I'm going to save up the money so that I can travel, or I'm going to save up the money so that I can invest so that I can travel. And that's just really the, the tricks that I use. I, I, I want to spend on the one or two things that are really, really important to me. And, and everything else is considered a detraction towards that. And I don't want to detract towards my main goal because then I'll regret it. I'll regret not spending on traveling, regardless of how fun the night out was, regardless of how fun those new clothes are. And doesn't matter to me, traveling is more important, but it goes back to what we were talking about earlier of not knowing what we want to spend our money on. You can't answer that question if you don't know. If you don't know that you like traveling more than clothes, then how can you, how can you answer the question? And that's what I think a lot of people are confused about is they want it all. And they, but they really don't, they just don't know how to narrow down what they really, really want. And knowing that will allow you to really build the discipline to say no to things that are less important to that. How would you help somebody to find what they really want? Cause I I'm total agreeance with you. I think everybody wants everything. And you can't have everything. I think it's, you, you look at what they regret not spending that on. And, and this is again for finances specifically, like somebody who truly loves things won't regret not traveling, right? And the people who say they love traveling, but spend their money on things and then say, oh, I really want to wish I traveled. I really wish I could have done this their spending habits are not in, in congruence with their, with their wishes. And that's kind of a hint that you would poke into. So I'd ask them, where, where would you like to travel? If they have like a bucket list and then they have things that they like to do and you've seen, they've done the research, but it's always like, Oh, I don't have enough money to do that. You kind of know that their passion lies more on experience, but they're a little scared. They don't know how to do it. 
either financially or, you know, planning a trip. So that's when you kind of focus on their words of where you could see either regret or excitement on a purchase. And, and that's kind of where I focus on. I focus on those two things and ask them to prioritize their things of what they want to spend on. If it's a trip, where is that trip? If it's clothes, what type of clothes and like really narrow it down. And if people don't know how to narrow it down, that's a good indicator that they, it's not really something they truly want. Because if they could be extremely specific about where they want to, what they want to use their money on, that's a true indicator of that's something that they'll enjoy. Absolutely. Um, my next question actually revolves around the ego. So basically, like um, you get the person to achieve their, uh, you achieve their goals and they're, they're this and that, but how do you manage the ego? Because I see it all the time, especially in the gym. You see it all the time, the gym, martial arts, dojo on the mat, you see it, the ego just starts to inflate in the dojo. It's easy. It's easy to manage ego. It's just Get one quick, <laughs> one quick punch, the solar plexus, solar mm -hmm. plexus. You got no more ego. I don't care how big you are. Mm -hmm. in the gym it's a little bit more tricky but how would you manage that with somebody for like let's say oh i'm like halfway through my bucket list look at me look at me look how good I yeah am. It, it is a little tough and part of it is pride from the the distance you've gone from where you started and you should be prideful of that because that's progress that you've made and you should be celebrated i don't think that's where ego gets the bad rep is like, you need to be prideful about your accomplishments or else what's going to push you from going, keep going. But there's also the flip side of why do you need to brag to other people just because you're doing it right. That is where it's like, maybe that person just doesn't care is, is what I would say is like, does the person even care about your accomplishments? Probably not. So you bragging gives them, gives you nothing over them because really what you're looking for is a, is applause and praise from that person to tell you how good you're doing so that you can feed it and continue the cycle. But the worst thing in the world is telling a story, for example, and nobody laughing, <laughs> you know, that, that like hurts. It, so it's the same thing within your ego bragging or ego lifting, and nobody's going to give you a standing ovation. That's going to make you look stupid. So save yourself the embarrassment by not bragging. And that, that's really what I would say. Just, just stay humble and the weights, weights will do it for you in the gym, for sure. Like you decide to ego lift and your back is all crunched up and you know, you fail the lift. It, it's a, you know, it's pretty embarrassing. So that'll do it for you. But, but if you're somebody's chugging through the bucket list and happy, I would say that like, nobody's going to give you that standing ovation. So uh, don't, don't, don't even mention it. Be happy that you're doing it, continue to do it. And hopefully you get through all the way, but no, nobody really cares. That's true. That is true. That is true. I, mean, I can tell you so many stories about me ego lifting. I just, I've been messed, there too. <laughs> messed, I messed up my neck. I messed up my 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 spine. Actually, I almost got paralyzed because of the shit. So, yeah, not a fun day. <laughs> uh, we have been through some of the hardest times the last two years uh financially psychologically physically emotionally um what are some of the habits that you've put that 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 you've implemented in your life or that you've learned or you've solidified that help you through these hard times yeah i go back to the fact that i used to consider myself an extreme introvert and as introverted as i thought i was 
the lockdown really showed how important social relationships are. And luckily, again, in Georgia, it wasn't locked down extremely as long as Canada. So I made it a point as soon as it started opening up and there was, you know, concern that it may close down again and, and reshut down here. Uh, luckily it didn't, but I made a consistent and constant effort to reach out to friends, reach out and meet new people. Some things that I used to never do. I used to be like, I have the friends that I have and I'll see them whenever I see them <laughs> was my approach. And uh, yeah, you, you need that. You need social relationships, regardless of how introverted you think you are. And the podcast was huge for me to meet people like this as well. Um, and just have those conversations because you don't realize the impact that that has, especially me. I live alone, which is something I, I love doing in, I did until the lockdown happened. I was like, Oh, this is actually kind of hard. <laughs> um, I like the freedom, but I don't like not hearing anything for 24 hours, seven days a week. So, so that was, that was definitely a learning experience. And I think my, my ability to interact and socialize has greatly improved in the lockdown and, and subsequently afterwards, because I noticed the, the importance of it, something that I never really admitted to myself uh, in the 24 years of my life before that. For one intro introvert to another. So you're preaching to the choir. Hello? Lost you. Oh, there you are. Okay, I'm gotcha. back, yeah. <laughs> oh, I was just saying from one introvert to another. So you're preaching to the choir. That's... Yep. Uh, not an it's uh it's it's a great thing and it's a it's a blessing and a curse all at the same time sometimes mm -hmm. for sure for sure uh i found that uh routines especially the morning routines and we've touched up a lot about the morning routines um when did you when did you uh actually start to i guess when were you first introduced to the morning routines and what was your experience like when, when you first did it? Ooh. When was I first? So a mentor who told me about the 10 minute meditation in the morning was the first time I had ever heard of a morning routine. I was the type of person to snooze the alarm as many times as needed until there's absolutely like barely enough time to get dressed and go to my meeting or go to work or go to school back then. That was always me. Um, so morning routine was not a thing at all, uh, growing up and, and in my early adulthood and, and that mentor who told me about it when I started, it was really helpful. Now, um, I eat breakfast, which is something that I actually developed in COVID. I went through a stretch where obviously, cause I was saying I didn't wake up early enough to eat breakfast. Um, it would just be running out the door as fast as possible. Now I wake up, eat breakfast, have my coffee, do my, uh, my meditation, and that's kind of, okay, I've now, I've eaten, I've reflected, let's crush the day. And that really helps put yourself in a rhythm. Uh, I know some people in, in COVID who were dressing up, even though they were still working from home, because it gets you as if you're not at home. And, and I think that's a great idea. To me, I hated it. So I never did it. I would wear, you know, my, my, my house clothes. But the days where you do dress up, it makes you feel like, okay, you're actually going to work or you're actually separating yourself from bed. And I think that's the big part of the morning routine. You're separating yourself from the stages of waking up to starting the day in a way that puts your mind in a way to be able to do that successfully. And the, the way you can compact that, some people do a cold shower. I'm not a, I shower after the gym, which is in the afternoon. So 
that doesn't work for me, but I know a lot of people do that and that wakes them up. For me, it's the coffee, the, the meditation and, and breakfast, and then I'm ready to go. I hate the cold shower. Can't do it. I have to have warm showers. I have to. <laughs> <laughs> I did it for a little bit. I was like, uh, it works like a charm, but oh my God, just the thought what of cost, what? right? <laughs> yeah, it's like just just the prep to go from like, oh, I'm all nice and warm. Like here in Canada, like it gets like minus 20, sometimes minus 30. And you're like, it's already cold outside. I'm going to stop into a cold. Yeah, cold. No, no. Not worth it. <laughs> no, not worth it at all. Um, and that was part of my morning routine. Work like a charm. I didn't get sick because there's mm-hmm. other stuff that goes on uh, because of it. Uh, and for me personally, I worked through COVID. Like I had to go to work because I did work at a hospital. Ooh. Not sure that I'm going to be working there much longer, but anyways, that's a different story. Um, I find it extremely easy for people to fall out of the routines that they've created while they were working and this and that. How do you, how, what are some of the tools that you would, that you would help people with to um, get back on track? Like, hop back on the wagon to get onto that routine that they were that they had when they were working the the common answer would be to do as if you're gonna work so like you know brush your teeth comb your hair get ready shower if you showered before work and and act as if you're getting into into that mindset for me i had i would definitely recommend not working in your room like work either in a, if you have a second room, whether it could be an office, you could work in the living room, go to a coffee shop, working in a room where your bed is at is very, very difficult. And it just like messes up not only with your sleeping patterns, because now your body's used to being in bed, but awake. That way, when you, when at nighttime comes, when you're in bed, your body thinks you should still stay up. So that was something that I really would do is get, a, get out of your bed as early as possible and only be there for sleeping. Um, so I like, I don't have a TV in my room. I don't have anything in my room, uh, really besides a bed and, and my clothes, but just to get out of it as fast as possible and at least separate yourself via one room. Ideally, if you're getting a whole dressing up routine, that'd be good. Um, but, but yeah, for, for me, it was at least working in a separate room. What was big for me. And some days if I feel like I was getting stale, I'd work in downstairs in my living room instead of my office or, I would go to a coffee shop and just change it up. Awesome. That's great. Um, we're going to work coming close to the end of the show. And these are the seven or eight questions that I ask all my guests. I just like to get your uh, feedback on these uh, seven or eight questions. Sure. Uh, with the increased people suffering from depression, from this COVID stuff that we've been living through for the last two years, what would be the one thing that you could tell them to keep their hopes up? You're not alone in the fact that a lot of people are suffering from the same thing. A lot of people think they're alone and they're the only person who's suffering. And the fact that they're not and that there's other people are that are also feeling the same way is comforting, even though it's, you know, it's not a great thing that more people are suffering. The comfort and the fact that you're not alone is really big. And and talking about it to those people would be really good. Like just just sharing about it with your friends. They may be suffering as well. So that way they can 
learn from them and they could just either get just catharsis and, and, and get it off their chest to be very, very important. Awesome. And we've been touching up on this next question, the entire podcast. <laughs> uh, what is the one thing that you do daily that amplifies your ability to stay focused? I mean, the gym is, is it feels like it's a cheating answer, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I work out four to six times a week and I play basketball two times a week. So uh, every day I'm doing something and uh, I just, I have to, or else the day doesn't feel good. Great. Great answer. Um, if you could pick up the phone right now and call yourself at 20 years old, what would you tell yourself? I would say to take more risks earlier. Um, I was really straight to the book, no risks in, in my earlier twenties and, and recently have been more open to that because I think this lockdown really helped show how short it can be, right? Some people have lost loved ones. Some people have lost their jobs. Some people have lost, you know, a lot of things and nothing is guaranteed. So as early as possible, in your 20s, take as much risk as as you can. And if it works out, that's awesome. And if it doesn't, it puts you again, right back to where you you are today. Similar to change and the fear of change that we talked about earlier, that's not really a risk, it just puts you right back where you are currently. So just take that risk and, and don't be scared. Looking back, would you change anything? No, I uh, I wouldn't. I think it's, you know, there's always things that could be have done done better, but that would have changed who you could have been today. And I'm happy and I'm comfortable with the person I am today and I'll continue to change and, and grow. So uh, the life experiences that I've had my whole life, childhood, growing up, college, corporate, and now this is, is perfect. And, and I like where I'm at now. Awesome. Uh, what scares you? Fear of unknown is more scary than fear of change for me. Um, just not knowing where my life will end up 20 years from now, 30 years from now, you know, five years from now, you have a plan, you have a structure, you go for that goal and inevitably it changes. Like this was never part of the overall goal was to do this in my life. And now I'm doing it and I'm loving it. So it's uh, the fear of unknown is, is something that I wish I could just remove because everything is unknown, but that's what's exciting about it. And, you know, some of it's anxiety, some of it's just like, what is going to happen? But if you if you don't take that risk, and you don't take the change, and you just live life like everybody has always lived, you're not going to have anything fun either to, to experience. Part of that is just the journey itself is exciting. Yeah, exactly. And I used to hate that phrase too. Like I used to be like, oh, you know, don't stop and smell the roses. Like, no, I want to get to the end destination. But it's grown on me. <laughs> that phrase has definitely grown on me over the past few months. That's awesome. Uh, where do you see successful millennials podcast in the next five years? Uh, I really hope it helps the entire generation that I am a part of the millennial generation and specifically those in their mid twenties now. So those in the early nineties to late nineties in their terms of when they were born helps them build that discipline for the five categories and, and achieve happiness in all areas of their life and all those categories, money, health, career, purpose, and relationships. If they can build the discipline needed to do that and, and help others continue to do that, that would be the extreme, you know, 
pinnacle of the goal of the podcast. And that, that's really why I started it, is to help thousands and millions to, to help achieve that goal. So that's kind of where I see the podcast going in the future. That's awesome. Uh, what about you personally? In the next five years? Yeah, so continuing to do the podcast for sure, continuing to travel across the, the world and live wherever life takes me. Um, public speaking is something that I also want to continue to bring the message across to others and and help them not necessarily shatter their fears, but get more focused on their dreams. And I think a lot of people are going to continue to have fear until they start doing it, right? A lot of people, when you first did your first podcast, editing was scary. What mic to get was scary. Uh, how to post was, everything was scary until you started it. And then like, okay, this is actually isn't that hard to edit. I could figure out how to do this. Like getting started and getting focused to start to me is part of the discipline that's more important than than breaking down the fear of of something that seems a movable object because you're never going to get over that fear unless you start and unless you continue to do it when you fail and you continue to keep doing it. So bringing up the focus and the discipline of of as many people as I possibly can while traveling and, and, and just living life really is, is my goal. Like I want to have fun doing it. That's awesome. Uh, that's the whole purpose of it. It's just to, you know, have fun while you're along on this journey. Mm -hmm. uh, where can people find more about you? Sure. So most popular ways by the podcast and successful millennials podcast, wherever you're listening to this uh, conversation, we can also have that every Wednesday and Email me if you want to get in touch that way at financezilla at Gmail. If you're more of a social media person, really only Instagram is what I use, but financezilla as well there. And uh, those are the three spots, the podcast, the email, and the Instagram for, for further connections. Awesome. And we will post all your links with the show notes below so everybody has easy access to get in, reach, get in touch with you. I appreciate that. Any final thoughts? No, I, mean, I think this is this is why people need to listen to podcasts is to get motivated and to get continued uh, reasoning to to balance up why they're doing it. And the gym is something that I know we both hold really, really special. And I'm I'm glad you're doing this to to help others find that same passion and and develop not only the the physical aspect of it, but but the mental, which never gets talked about enough. And and that question on vanity, if if you could just go on a soliloquy on, I know you would love to, uh, I, I'm curious to hear your answer because I know you held back on our conversation, but, but I think that that's the key thing that people get scared of on the most. Yeah. The vanity part of it is, uh, in short, um, people are afraid of the uh, people are afraid and they, they come up with these solutions to their own, you know, what they see with their eyes in martial arts in the martial arts that I uh, practice, they have a saying, um, never trust your eyes because they will always lie to you. Hmm. Always yeah. trust your hands, your feelings, your, uh, you trust your gut. And like you said, like the biggest guys in the gym are the biggest teddy bears in the world and they are more than happy more than willing to help you get to them if you want so it's 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 it's, it's the funniest thing and they're the most kindest nicest friendliest people you'll ever meet in the whole world yep just like the martial arts masters they're the nicest people they could kill you with a touch but they will they will not kill or harm a bird or a butterfly 
So Sammy, thank you so much. Thank you so Appreciate much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for uh, your podcast. Your podcast is great. I have been listening to it. Um, and it is enlightening to see a young man such as yourself step up and um, help other young people become financial, financially stable because you and I both agree schools do not do this. Schools do not show you how to finance, how, how, to, how to control your finances. I'm in my mid 40s and I'm just learning how to control my finances. And it's a shame. And to have young men like you coming out and, you know, talking about like, this is what you do. This is how you go about doing it. It's, 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 it's really, really, really great stuff that you're doing. So thank you so much. And I appreciate you for, for, for taking the time to come on my show and talk about like the gym and finances. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, John. Thank you so much, man. Going through hard times is just a test. What you need to know is that when you get out of whatever you're going through, you will be stronger than ever before, and you don't need to go through it alone. Always know that you are not alone. Stay tuned for more real people with amazing stories that are just like yours. Until then, to everyone out there listening, I wish you a good morning, good afternoon, or good night, wherever you may be in this crazy world. Hey guys, it's John from Resilient Reboot Productions and The Fitness Oracle. Uh, thank you so much for watching this episode. I uh, really hope that you enjoyed it. Please don't forget to subscribe, hit the bell. And if you know anybody that's suffering from mental health issues that you know that this episode could help, please share it with them as it is tailored to help people out there with mental health issues. Uh, if you are listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, or whatever streaming service that you use, please give us a five-star rating and a positive review as it will help us reach out to more people that are suffering from mental health issues. But before you go, I'd like to invite you to a special program that we've created here at Resilient Reboot Productions uh, called Band of Brothers. Over the years, we've discovered a system to help men regain their confidence back, just like overweight and depressed men that have lost their place in this world from all over this world. We've even put together, we've put together a group of men that are here to support your journey, showing you how easy it really is by implementing simple everyday actions that take little to no time out of your day. If you guys are interested, just click the link in the show notes below to get a one-on-one -on -one call with me so we can identify your issue and how we can best serve you best with these calls. Thank you so much again for watching and I'll see you guys on the next episode.